March 22, 2021. It's the Watt from Pedro Show. If you listen to Archie three or four years ago with Cecil Taylor, he was playing those up and down triad things that, you know, that they're really one of your uh, uh, trademarks. But maybe uh, you don't want, maybe, you know, you'd rather not think about that. So. No, you know, because, like, it's a, it's a big reservoir, man, that we all dip out of. <laughs> so, you know, and I, like, you never, a lot of times uh, you'll find that a lot of those things, I, I, I listened to John Gilmore mm-hmm. kind of closely before I made Chasing the Train, too. So some of those things on there are really direct influences of, by, of listening to this cat, you see? <laughs> but, and I don't know who he's been listening to, so it's right. Watt for Pedro show. Happy Monday. Getting near the end, huh? We're into spring now, people. And uh, start off with uh, just a little spiel from John Coltrane. Talk to Frank Kosky in 66. If you, uh, you're in something left in his journey. So sad. 40 years old, you know. Same as Franz Cuff. But anyway, it's a big... Re- he talks about music being a big reservoir. You know, I'm, I'm hoping for the day when music is music and we get into a post-genre situation. All the Berlin walls are gone. And music is music. And then uh, something from uh, today's guest, an impeffable A, L or D or C, R, I, E or Y in the snow. 
<laughs> That's a title. Uh, and, you know, Brother Matt, he's at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point because we're still quite in quarantine mode. But I'm not totally man alone, people, because of software engineers in Estonia with a righteous Skype invention. I got the, yeah, the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <Scott>. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Portland, Maine. Great town. The, the starboard side, people, not like port side. They're both great towns. And you know what? They're both port towns, hence the name, maybe. It's but, true. It's true. We were first, though, damn it. Yeah, yeah. And I was a little south of you in another port town. I was born in Portsmouth. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Yeah. I wouldn't shit you, Scott. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My pop was a sailor, right? And that the Newport News is big Navy base. But if you look on the map, you realize uh, Vietnam is closer to this uh, port side. So... 1967, he got orders. He's a machinist mate, engine room guy. And uh, so I, I've been in Pedro for 50, I don't know, 54 years now. <laughs> but I, I've toured a lot and I've been in your town a lot, or, or near the big town in, in Maine. You know, I played a college once, but I think all my gigs have been Portland, Maine. But there was a college once that was not in the town. So, mm. uh, maybe by but, pa, uh, Kenny Bunkport. Remember one of our presidents used to have a vacation pad, right? Yeah, in Kenny Bunkport. That's right. Uh, the, the Elder Bush. That's right. Now, uh, let's talk about your uh, your uh, journey through music. Uh, Scott, please bring your earliest musical recollection. Oh, man. <laughs> the one, I think, uh, obviously you can never put an absolute date on any of these things, but I have a memory of uh, playing you remember those little portable uh, arcade games they had in the early 80s? Uh, With the quarter? Uh, well, well not, not the ones. They were like home consoles. That you'd, oh, you know, oh, oh. Four batteries in the back, and uh, you could play Miss Pac-Man or whatever. I have a vivid memory of playing one of those while two of my aunts who were babysitting me were dancing to Steve Miller's Abracadabra. And that <laughs> feels like my earliest musical memory. I loved one. it. I love that song. And, uh, you know, there's a ton of other candidates, but that's the one that seems to dominate when I, when I consider what, what is the earliest. Cause I was very small. I know that much. Sure. Sure. But it's a lot from Pedro show, show. So no hard questions and no wrong answers. You know, I, I, I got a buddy he's living in Berlin, Berlin now, uh, brother Shige. And he did a whole fucking stick with the fucking eight bit, the game boy. Right. You know, uh, like, you know, I mean, an albums of worth of music, just using the sure. shit he, he plucked out of there somehow. He accessed it. So in this pad, uh, in which was this in Maine? Yeah. Yeah. No, I grew up, uh, I was born in Portland, didn't ever really move very far away, at least not for long. Okay, yeah, opposite of what the acorn. Yeah, yeah. the acorn never fought bullshit. The ac that tree wants a bird or, or a squirrel to eat it and shit it way far away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, nothing about reality. In that pad you grew up in, Scott, was yeah. there any instruments? No. Uh, actually, I have a very, very, very big... Uh, the nuclear family is not very big, but I grew up around a lot of cousins, a lot of aunts, a lot of uncles, a lot of second cousins, and not a one of them uh, played any music of any kind. So that that was that was my trip completely. And what about school? Uh, were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Later, uh, I, I I joined uh, the marching band and the choir. I think in maybe tenth or eleventh grade, like right towards the end, after I was already way into music, I just. I, I realized, like, oh, I, I can join this well after everybody else. And uh, somebody <laughs> gave me a tuba, and I, I played the tuba. Tuba, some bass clef, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And big mouthpiece, so easy to march with. For I, sure. I heard no. the bone was good for that, too. So, okay, since that wasn't your gateway drug to, to musicals, uh, 
Well, tell me the first record you bought with your own money. With my own money. I know the first cassette I ever had. I, yeah, I that's good. The cassettes was uh, first uh, was Ozzy's Bark at the Moon. Oh, yeah. I was I was a child metalhead for sure. I had a brother. I have a brother nine years older than me. And uh, he thought it was cute to get me into the heavy metal that he was listening to. So <laughs> that was the foundational stuff for me. It was uh, a lot of 70s and 80s uh, classic rock and heavy metal. And uh, but yeah, Ozzy Bark at the uh, Scott was Still, he a listener or a player also? He he had a guitar. He tried to play it, uh, but he, it eventually, uh, which I realize contradicts what you asked, but I'd forgotten he had that guitar. Uh, that's a trick question. See, that's yeah. why Don Trump never went on the witness stand. <laughs> he, he, uh, he, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's just coincidence that that happened. I just was, uh, but good I, job. I, and I, I was just trying to show you, Brother Scott, I'm listening to every word you say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about uh, the first gig you went and saw? Oh, good question. Ah, well, with, with that brother, I went and saw when I was maybe seven. Uh, Aerosmith and Dokken. Dokken would technically be the first uh, first band I ever saw. They were from uh, Redondo Beach here, I think, uh, somewhere really? in SoCal. I wouldn't shit you. And then, and then, who who is the other one? Uh, 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 Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Believe it or not, when I you know I got to be in Glenn Branca's uh, Hallucination City Symphony Thirteen, right? And he told me his favorite rock band was Aerosmith. <laughs> I shit thee not. <laughs> it's it's not music I can hate as much people as much as some people seem to want me to. Uh, those those first uh, four records, shush, I, I I I love them. I still what, love. What them. I heard about rocks was double all the guitar licks with a baritone guitar, which is kind of a bass, right, with skinnier neck right. strings. So you get a big ass riff, and then the, the tons of poses band kind of. <laughs> appropriated that right uh so so okay so you got in you tuba was not your first instrument no i got a guitar of my own when i i tried playing my brothers my brothers was uh, it, it was pretty fucked up and i didn't <laughs> understand how it worked at all i literally even though i you know spent a lot of my childhood staring at mtv uh, I didn't know you were supposed to depress the strings. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know how this sound came out. So I'd be, you know, strumming it and like, why doesn't this sound like docking? You know, uh, no idea, no idea how to tune it. No idea how, but cause nobody was around who could tell me. And, uh, it didn't occur to me until eh, around age 13 or so to, uh, actually buy books on the subject and, uh, you know, maybe actually ask people at school who knew how to play instruments and, uh, slowly, but surely it's like, Oh, you push the strings down. I had nylon strings on my electric guitar at one point. This is how Whoa. cool this up. <laughs> that, that, I'd never heard of that before. So, but there was like no formal, like teacher kind of thing. No, not, I, okay. I mean, unless you count those two years, uh, you know, learning tuba and singing in the choir in high school, no, no, no formal teaching of any kind. Yeah. So you just muscled your way through the guitar. Uh, eventually you found the power chord. For sure. <laughs> no, I mean, and of course, <laughs> you know, once you're there, you can play a million things and, you know, you're all set. All the kiss, all the Black Sabbath. 
Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I played a lot of both. Lot and then, of hey, you're halfway there. You've got the top part of the bar cord, right? So, so uh, what, what, what about the shit, uh, like, after school, not out, not graduating, but after, in the afternoon with the buddies, like the basement band, the bedroom band, the garage band? Sure. No, I was in two or three bands in high school. Uh, none of them ever, aside from playing, you know, in the garage for four or five of our friends or, you know, bandmates, girlfriends or whatever, we never played any shows. But, uh, yeah, no, there there was a bunch of that going on. There was a band... I joined as the bassist, actually, because I'd gotten a bass at some point. Whoa. All right. And, what kind? Uh, what, I, I was, I'm a little prejudiced was, here. What kind of bass? <laughs> I don't know. It was out of the, you, you remember the Finger Hut catalogs? Sure. <laughs> it was out of the Finger Hut catalog, and I honestly couldn't tell you. I'm sure it had a name somewhere on the headstock or something, but <laughs> I honestly could not tell you what, what kind of bass it was. It was... Uh, I, I, and I was terrible. I didn't have a concept of what the bass was supposed to do. <laughs> Even though uh, you did some, oh, you hadn't been on the tuba yet? Not yet. No, this is before that, for okay. sure. Uh, this is more like eh, ninth grade, 10th grade, somewhere in there. Um, did this this band I, do gigs? Uh, no, no. Practice just, band, okay. Practice band. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, practice. did you copy songs off records, or, or did you guys try writing your own material? Both. Uh, we did a lot of... Um, I think we played a lot of Nirvana and Black Sabbath. Uh, I tried to get them to play like Kiss and Led Zeppelin songs, but that was too something for them. I, I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> it, but uh, a lot of Nirvana and Black Sabbath, I remember. We we did a mean uh, symptom of the universe. Were you, uh, <laughs> were you part of the, when you did try to write your own songs, were you part of that process? Initially, no. Uh, what wound up happening is I started out in the band as the bassist and a year and a half later, by the end, I was the, I guess, main songwriter and lead guitarist. <laughs> I sort of infested the band like a parasite and, uh, took over, <laughs> took over and, and tried to make them, you know, by that time I was, I was getting into, you know, wilder and weirder rock and noisier stuff. And yeah, yeah. Uh, by the end we were sort of like a really, really shitty noise rock band, uh, you know, much to the chagrin of uh, one or two of the members. Yeah, the other members. What was this band called, Scott? Uh, we had a few different names. Uh, one, the first one, when I was still a bassist, it was called Euphoric Effect. And then eventually, by the end, I think it uh, Winter Trip was the name <laughs> of the band. Yeah, as the testicle moves to the brain. So what, what about the first gig? Was, was this band the... Were you first? Well, no, it was a practice band. No, well. it was just a practice band. I mean, we tr sort of half-assedly tried, uh, but we didn't know anybody. I mean, this was the band was based even further into the country than I grew up, so we didn't know any Portland people or anybody with any places to play. Weirdly, though, one of the members had a stage in his front yard because his father was a drug dealer. He had all this money, but he lived in a trailer. But in order, to, he, he, he spent his money on a really nice sound system and, a, and he built a stage in his front yard and he would have these uh, concerts, these pig roasts every summer. Now, we never got to play one of these because we didn't have our shit together enough. But uh, it was pretty cool because, he, you know, invite all the Portland rock bands up and some of them would actually say, yes, sure, I'll go play in uh, the town is Raymond. 
a bit north of where I am now. And uh, yeah, but we never, we, it was just a lot of practicing. Okay, lot, that's all lot, right. A lot of arguing, a lot of being overly serious and uh, not really getting anywhere with it. And uh, what, what, what about recording? Oh yeah, we recorded tons of stuff. I got oh, a four okay. track for my 16th birthday, so there's there's a lot of material. Uh, so you, you start in my learning archive. how to record yourself really early. That's great. For sure, and and that's where really where once I I always feel like a bastard when I say this, but once I realized that I could make my own album, you know, once I heard about the concept of a four track, I don't I don't remember where, but I was like, oh shit, I kind of just want to do all this on my own and uh (laughs) you know immediately i'm making solo recordings and planning a solo album which i eventually did release when i was 16 i think um sound on sound les paul it's an old tradition yeah what you know yeah for sure one man band it was it was kind of liberating just absolutely absolutely so uh let me play i want to play faded sign right now oh fantastic faded sign Faded sign left in the sun that nobody bothered to repaint or reprint or replace or repaint or reprint or replace. Faded sign, faded sign left in the sun, faded sign left in the sun. Time fades, time fades. The business is long since closed, but the sign remains. The sign remains. The sign remains, the sign remains, and you're on the brink of legibility. The faded sign, the sudden faded sign, faded sign, time fades, time fades, time fades, faded sign, sign on the brink of legibility. The business is long since closed, but the sign remains, and the people that drive by. And the people that walk by remember the time they went into the business. They remember several times they went into the business. And the people that drive by and the people that walk by, some of them have memories of being inside the now closed business. Faded sign, faded sign, time fades, time fades. The sign that nobody bothered to replace or repaint or reprint. Faded to the brink of legibility, faded to the brink of legibility, faded side in the sun, time fades, faded side in the sun, time fades, time fades, time fades, the faded sign that nobody bothered to repaint or reprint or replace, faded side, and the people that drive by, and the people that walk by, and the people that drive by, some of them have memories. Several memories, some of them have memories, some of them have several memories of times they went into the business, times they went in there, times they stood in there, times they looked around, times they bought something, times they didn't buy something, times they saw someone do something weird, times they saw someone do something weird. Faded sign, faded sign, sign and nobody bothered to replace. Faded sign, faded sign, maybe they didn't want to replace it, maybe they didn't want to replace it. Maybe even want to replace it. Not everybody's obsessed with replacing things. Not everybody's obsessed with updating things. Not everybody's obsessed with moving on. Not everybody's obsessed. 
obsessed with a new thing. Not everybody's obsessed with moving on. Not everybody needs to move on. Some people are fine with a faded sign. Some people are fine with a faded sign. Maybe to you it doesn't look professional. Maybe to you they look stuck. But faded sign, the loudest in the sun. Be quiet, lovely. Be quiet, lovely. Faded sign, faded sign. Sign that was left in the sun. Sign that nobody bothered or nobody wanted to repair or replace or repaint or replace or reprint. Faded sign, faded sign for the long closed business. The long closed business. The long closed business. Faded sign, faded sign for the long closed business. Some of the people driving by. Some of the people driving by. Some of the people driving by. They have memories. Some of them have several memories. Some they have memories. Some of them have several. Several memories, several, several, several memories of going into the business, looking around the business. Some of them remember the smell of the business. Some of them remember the look of the business. Somebody of them remember a corner of the store that nobody really acknowledged. That there was nothing, just a little corner, just a little something, just a little corner that they stared off at, that they stared off at for a moment. Maybe they remember that. Maybe they remember a corner of the store that nobody really bothered. Nobody really bothered. Nobody really bothered. A crack on the wall that nobody really saw. Nobody really saw, nobody really saw Faded sign, faded sign, faded sign sign that nobody bothered to repair or replace Or reprint or repress or repaint Faded sign, faded sign Allowed to fade in the sun Time fades, sun fades Time fades, sun fades Maybe they didn't want to replace it Maybe they didn't want to repair it Maybe they didn't want to repaint it Not everybody's obsessed with making it new Not everybody's obsessed with making it nice not everybody needs the novelty, not everybody needs to update, not everybody needs to drop everything old, and only have new, and drop everything old, and have everything new. Faded sign, faded sign, sign that was allowed to sit in the sun and fade, sign that I was allowed to sit in the sun and fade. Not everybody's obsessed with a new thing, with moving on with a new thing, not everybody needs a new Maybe they seem stuck, maybe they're just fine Maybe to you they seem stuck, maybe you're just fine Maybe they're just fine Faded sign, fading in the sun Fading in the sun, fading in the sun Fading in the sun, on the sign of a long closed business Long closed business, long closed business Long closed business, soon to be demolished and replaced Soon to be demolished and replaced Soon to be demolished and replaced. 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 Soon to be demolished and replaced.
want you to do is guess my age. 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 When a date with Adam Thursday will guess his age. Guess my 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 TJ Maxx and Marshalls now for twice the labels you love for the...
on the floor and I bled on it. I laid a mirror on the floor and I bled on it. 
I lit a mirror on the floor and I bled on it. I made love over the mirror and I bled on it. I made love over the mirror and I bled on it. I was menstruating. I made love over the mirror and I bled on it. I bled on it. My blood is like, I got my blood on me. I got my blood on me. I made love over a mirror and I bled on it. I was the two people with blood stained on the mirror. Sir. I got the mirror out of the turn. I got the mirror out of the turn. I got the brush to turn out of the mirror and I tied the blood and licked over my tongue. I blood the mirror on my tongue. I licked the mirror off. 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 Sit in the mirror to bed, 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 sit in the mirror to bed,
show that chunk of music started with an unfathomable faded sign to back after that mr tom's got a new record out of pittsburgh half tengu is the tune an unfathomable guess my age and this is live yeah, it sounds like a contest was going on <laughs> yeah. when a date <laughs> yeah bomb yes. ba- yeah. from the dc area with uh, wet and drive heave to a little maritime there and then finally an unfathomable babs bridge uh is there such a bridge in, in maine there there is. A, it's it's a very very New Englandy covered bridge that I grew oh, up. Yeah, with, yeah. About a ten minute walk away from, and uh, yeah, I recorded some of the album uh, in the bridge, and definitely that track, a bunch of that track, was recorded in the in the bridge. You know, a lot of just bringing a digital recorder out there and improvising, banging on the side of the bridge, you know, whipping. I, I had a long stick I was whipping the air with. and um, Oh, yeah, know. yeah. Those are good sounding things. Sometimes a tube, right? For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I've used those. Okay. Okay. Here's what trips me out. Okay. You got the heavy metal brother influence. You got these guys that you end up taking over their band. <laughs> and then, And then you say you release a solo four track album. When you're 16, is this under your own name? Uh, no, it was my initial performing name was uh, Dick the Table. <laughs> it, it evolved into Idem Theft Table eventually. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that's an anagram. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a great name. Yeah, because I, I want to understand this. And this transition is you discovering technology where you you don't have to deal with personalities and stuff. You can. Right. Yeah, right. Okay. So, so when is the first item theftable gig? That would be, uh, uh, 18 years old. I would say was the first one. I finally, it was over those years. I just got kind of went more and more and more into the noise and avant-garde world. I was more and more excited about that to the point where, you know, I was putting out albums pretty regularly and somehow I finally found another person here in Maine, who, who who was interested in such things, and he, I emailed him, had had the internet by then, and immediately he writes back. He's like, "Oh my God, there's another person here in Maine. We've got to do a show right now." And uh, <laughs> like, wait, do a show? Because by that point, I kind of thought, "No, I'll be one of these composers who makes music uh, on tape, and I'll, you know, I." I I guess I still wanted to play live, but I, I more started thinking of myself as like a composer sort of distant from the live element, which is crazy given how things turned out, because I think I'm much better known now as, as a live performer. But uh, yeah, so this guy kind of goaded me into doing my first uh, live show. And it was it was not great, but it was a good experience. Now, should this goader be named? 
Uh, it was a guy, he was only active for what turned out to be a brief period of time, but he, he had this noise project called Berkstunnel, B-R-X-T-N-L-E. Uh, he was around maybe late 90s until maybe the very, very early 2000s. It was like a three, four year pocket, but I owe him a debt of gratitude. Yeah, well, sometimes he... that happened. You know, Arthur Rambeau did poems for only a couple of years. He was like fucking running gu guns in Abyssinia or some shit. <laughs> But, you know, not. some dudes are in it for the long haul, but some dudes, it's just a little shift in their journey. Right. And I don't think, you know, it's just the way it is, right? I, I don't think there's a good or bad. But this cat, he did have an effect on your life. So in some ways, he's kind of living on while you keep making music. Sure. No, it's it's great. It, there's been a lot of, when, when I think back over the arc of uh, my history, I owe a lot to people who have more or had more gumption than I did because I was very shy. I, I I would, you know, it wouldn't have even occurred to me to contact someone and be like, Hey, can I put on a show? Like I, it, you know, I had needed someone else to do it for me initially before I realized like, Oh, this is possible. In fact, you can do this over and over and over. And it turns out hundreds and thousands of times. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it, it's, I was just so painfully shy at that age that I, I there's no way I, I would have even tried to do it on my own. Yeah, even if somebody tells you, right, you have to realize it yourself to really understand. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. It's it's you, you got to internalize it with everything, really. I mean, you know, you can intellectually know something, but until it actually happens, until you're actually there. Yeah, <laughs> it's still a theory. It's just hanging there. Like, like, where's the wall? I don't know. Try pushing against it, motherfucker. <laughs> Get to know it. Okay. We're at the end of the first hour. March 22, 2021. Watch Peter, show special guest. Uh, Scott from Idem Theftable. Hold tight for hour two. March 22, 2021. It's the second hour. Watch from Pedro. <laughs> At 34, Super Trail. Goodbye, stranger. Position 32, the
35, go, 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 let's At 34, Super Tramp. Goodbye, stranger. And at 33, Tim Lizzie, the boys are back in town. And now in position 32, the artist
35, Bogart. At 34, Super Tramp. Goodbye, stranger. And at 33, Tim Neasy, the boys are back in town. And now in position 32, the artist who grew up outside of Philly in a place called Upper Darby. Sticking to the seat, time pulls in down, time pulls in down, I stick it to the seat, I 
like smooth asphalt, hangs with asphalt, cellulite, asphalt, asphalt, cellulite, asphalt, like stick it to the sea, ass stick it to the sea, but I stick it to the sea, not as smooth as it used to be, 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 ass stick it to the sea, asphalt to the sea, not as smooth as it used to be, time pulls, time pulls, ass stick it to the sea, ass pulled it to the sea, ass smudge it to the sea, fast cushion, fast cushion, fast cushion, fast cushion, fast cushion, fast cushion, ass pulled it to the sea, ass stick it to the sea, ass pull, legs pull, legs pull, thighs pull, say you like, eyes pull, eyes pull, say you like, eyes pull, legs pull, eyes pull, not as smooth as it used to be, not as smooth as it used to be, time pulls, time pulls, time pulls, time pulls, ass stick it to the sea, ass pull it to the sea, ass stick it to the sea, time pulls, time pulls, time pulls, time pulls, ass stick it to the sea, time pulls, face, face, time pulls, ass, ass, time stick it to the sea, ass stick it to the sea, summer ass, summer ass, summer ass to the sea, summer thighs to the sea, peeling from the sea, sea, peeling from the sea, sea, ass stick it to the sea, ass pull up from the sea, ass stick it to the sea, time pulls, time pulls, time pulls, time pulls, ass stick it to the sea, ass pulling from the sea, ass stick it to the sea, time pulls, quick and fold, skin fold, quick and fold, skin fold, it's alright, king fold, skin fold, king fold, stick it for ass stick it to the sea, ass pulled it to the sea, not as smooth as it used to be, 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 ass stick it to the sea, 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 not as smooth as it used to be, not as smooth as it used to be, ass stick it to the sea, ass full, time full, time full, time full, time full, time full, ass full into the sea, 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 time full, 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 ass stick it to the sea, cring, 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 Like naked, you wonder what you look like naked. You wonder what you look like naked. 
naked, you wonder what you look like naked, you wonder what you look like ass, stick it to the seat, 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 time pulls, 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 ass, stick it to the seat, ass, from the from the seat, ass, stick it to the seat, ass, from the from the seat, time pulls, 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 Lot for Pedro, shall we start off the second hour? It infestable with sunset, 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 sunset. The network glass out of Baltimore. Door doing some trippy stuff. PSO 07. And time pulls. Item Theftable. So, uh, Item Theftable, after that gig with that guy, and then I guess it was only a brief thing, and then you're back man alone. Right. Are you, are yeah. you, are you searching? Or do you have influences? Do you have, are you just floating? What's going on? Well, there were in Portland, there was in the late nineties there, which is my late teens. Uh, there were a very small handful of people into out there shit that I kind of gradually met one by one. As I said, I was super duper shy. So it, it took some goading and time and, you know, but playing these shows, I, I, you know, I played that first show, you know, whatever, six, seven people show up. It's fun. But those six, seven people, all know other people and like, oh, well, you should play here. You should do this. And very quickly it, it blossomed into something else. I met probably, yeah, the 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 two critical people I met were, would be my friends Shea Moet and uh, a gentleman named Crank Sturgeon, uh, who is a noise artist of some renown. Uh, not as many people know Shea, uh, but he's, he's, he's got a pretty low profile, but those two were both, uh, I would say both big influences and big, just in terms of crank was a guy, he was in his late twenties and he was an influence in so far as I was like, wow, there's a guy he's in his late twenties. He's still making this out there stuff. And he has a successful looking life. You know, he's, he's, I, I, I wasn't sure if there was going to be a point when, well, I'm 22 now I've hit the wall, you know, nobody's going to pay me to do this. So I might as well stop or something like that. It, it, it was nice to have some examples of older folks who weren't famous, but who were thriving and subsisting and, you know, living their life and leaving room for their, you know, art, their music, their noise, whatever. And uh, so having him as an example uh, was 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 really nice and it kind of put a little wind in my sails and made me feel a little bit less like an alien, I guess. But have, having respect for Crank uh, and, and Shay, you didn't want to like be a Xerox, right? You wanted to find the fucking Scott way or Adam Thelfman Oh, yeah, way. for sure. Oh, no, those I mean, those three guys, we all did avant-garde, whatever you want to call it stuff. But those are three different avenues for sure right there with with some overlapping interests, overlapping textures and so on. But uh, yeah, so it was more the, the, the influence was more just knowing that there were people with whom, you know, people in Maine with whom I could feel simpatico with and feel a sense of camaraderie, uh, you know, 
because I, I thought if I wanted to do that, I would have to move to uh, some big city somewhere. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. I, I, I heard, There used to be a lot of that in the old days. Oh, I live in this fucking podunk, so that's right. my excuse. I'm going to feel sorry for myself. Now we got internet. You can't use that anymore, people. That crutch, exactly. That crutch yeah. is gone. <laughs> it is but, amazing how often I run into people... Uh, older pe- people older than me who will um, say, so you live in Maine. This is an actual quote somebody said to me once. So do you, you live in Maine. How how could you possibly exist creatively in Maine? <laughs> what the fuck yeah, are you talking assholes. about? Assholes. <laughs> yeah. I, these I, are also, there's people like that, kind of like that, that have opinions. They know how these places are and how the culture and people are. And they've never been there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Fucking Just, dicks. Have a have a have a caricature of a caricature of a caricature. Yeah, a, yeah, right. Yeah. We call that the cascade fuck. For In sure. some ways, it I, can be good. Like those seven people going to the gig and telling people that's when the cascade fuck is good. When it's like yeah. bigoted prejudice shit like this, it's lame. I, I want to play ripping my arm hair out. I didn't get any cooler. Thank <laughs> you. 
Watch yeah. the Pedro show. He started that chunk of music off and ripping my arm hair out. I didn't get any cooler in festival. Then slang from uh, Hokkaido over in Japan with Move Ahead. And then, Scott, this one was such a fucking big one. I had to split it in two parts. So we're going to hear the first part where you just did. And we'll hear right. the second part at the beginning of the third hour. But a glockenspiel and two Balinese xylophones left out in the rain. This is the first part. So enlighten the people to that that that, that first uh, rip in my heart. Oh, the track. Well, I, I it's it, the title was literally a description of something I did when I was uh, maybe second, third grade, where I felt really hot in school, and uh, I don't know what uh, what particular mental illness I might be revealing here, but I uh, my <laughs> my solution to 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 being hot was trying starting to rip my arm hair out. In, uh, in the middle of class while the teacher was talking and uh, did not make me feel any cooler whatsoever. So, so people, kept... the lesson here is save your memories because they might end up source material for your fucking expression. For sure. No, no. They, they always come out, especially in the throes of an improvisation. Uh, that's, that's a well I go to again and again. Okay, and again. improvisation. Because you were talking about I want to be a composer and that, like this was uh, vis-a-vis being... A performer, but right. with, with improvised music, it's performance is a big part, huh? Even though if no one was there, Absolutely. even for the recording, right? Well, I evolved over time to really love and maybe prefer uh, being an improviser, and now pretty much all of my music has an improvised element to it in some way. I mean, there are you know structures that I'll work within sometimes. Sometimes it'll be completely off the cuff, like. The, the the ripping my arm hair out was a total improvisation um and uh, yeah it became such a huge part of of what i do certainly live uh it's almost pretty much always at least 70 80 percent improv now okay what about in a way that's a form of composite even when people say oh that's random that's a form of order right it's a random oh, order right? yeah, okay. yeah yeah so it is a way of composing it's maybe not so traditional but and it's in the moment it's changing second second or millisecond whatever what about equipment is how important is that in your world well i'm not a, i'm by no means a gearhead i mean i i do i'm really interested in objects uh you know amplifying objects uh, i have an amplified surface that i have at most shows that i play which is basically just a piece of wood with a contact mic on it and a bunch of stuff attached to the piece of wood uh, there, there's a spring and uh, bits from music boxes and all kinds of pieces of metal that you can bow, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but it's, uh, you, you know, in terms of like high tech gear, like I have a very nice microphone since a lot of what I do is vocal. Uh, but uh, I don't have any um, beyond that. I'm really very amateurish, very novice when it comes to knowing about gear. So I'm, I'm really glad to hear that because your your sounds, your music is very, for me, very organic. You know what I mean? It's not just some stick. Of, yeah, with, that's so tied to materialism and objects. You know, gear, like you said, this word gearhead. Almost, yeah, almost no, a I'm, fetish, right? Almost fetish. It's weird. It's I just do not understand it. Like, there are some people who are gearheads who do really interesting work, but there are also people who their sets kind of seem like just demonstrations of, <laughs> of uh, really fancy gear. 
and, and little more. Uh, and I, I just, I've never been that guy. And yeah, it is pretty organic. There are a lot of fidelities. I, you know, willingly will, you know, like, yes, I do have nice microphones and whatnot, but I also have tape recorders that I'll use in my work and, uh, you know, I'll intentionally, you know, kind of steer things in a more, uh, primitive fidelity, I guess. Um, you know, the first place I heard a contact mic on a board, there was a band in the seventies opening up for somebody at an arena rock show called Carmen. And they had a late kind of flamenco. Maybe they were even from Spain, but they had a lady dancing and that's how they got her. You know, she's part of the percussion section. Oh, fantastic. That sounds amazing. I'm going to yeah. write this down. But I, I saw, I saw some real flamenco, I don't know, eight years ago in, in, in Seville, Spain. And the, the dancing is, and also the people uh, sitting around them, their family members, they're clapping. They're, they're, they're part of the whole gig. It's it's a trip. This sounds fantastic. Was it just, wh where did you happen upon it? Seville, uh, I guess we say Seville, but they say Sevilla. Right. Uh, oh, no, no, but like where in the city was it? Was it was in the old was... uh, Jewish quarter. It was, it was free to get in. The cervezas were like a euro. I mean, it was totally cano, no PA. It was, and it was a man singing from Cordoba, right? It's kind of like uh, the blues music. It's kind of Morocco, Spain, and Gypsy all mixed together. One guy on guitar, and then this Moorish lady, no smiling, and dancing, you know, and building it up, building it up, and then they got her going with the music, and she'd start kicking up her. <laughs> I mean, okay. it was, it was, uh, it made me cry because Dee Boone really loved flamenco. Right. Oh man. I... That sounds beautiful. I, 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 I got to see it. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, like, like we were talking about earlier, you don't know it until you actually experience it. You know, you can read about it. You can watch a YouTube video about it, but until you're there and in that space and especially, you know, properly in Spain and all, ah, that sounds beautiful, man. That's why I'm a devotee to music. I think music is a powerful art form. 100%. It really is. Yeah. And it's not just some, yeah. Uh, but you're very inspiring, too. Okay. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, March 22, 2021. Dishwap Show special guest, Scott from Idem Festival. Hold tight for hour three. March 22, 2021. It's the third hour. Watch for Pedro Show.
Pedro Show. Start the third hour off with part two of a glockspiel and two Balinese xylophones left out in the rain. Great piece. You know, great piece. Thank you. Yeah. And then after that, uh, Tommy Dahill from Alaska. Well, that's kind of far out. Well, even way further than the port side Portland. Oh, uh, yeah. The Feinemach. And uh, this is Gaelic, and so I'm destroying yet another language, people. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Fuck. And and now and finally, uh, it am festable with O Moon True False Check Only One. <laughs> what about titles? How important it is in your compositions? Or it's some of the most fun I have, <laughs> to be honest with you, is uh, you know because fairly often when when I'm making stuff, I'm not, you know, I don't have any notion like I'm setting out to make a piece about this or a song about that or a recording about that i just kind of uh, I, I make stuff and make stuff and make stuff all the time and then i go back and kind of feel like an archaeologist of myself like what is this what is this about what does this remind me of uh what was this going on in my life when i made this and uh you know then from from that information i try to you know cobble together a title of some kind that makes some sort of sense um sometimes it's hard and i don't really have a title uh but uh usually usually it's a lot of fun what's what's consistent those titles come last uh yes yeah yeah that is true like the one about being in school and ripping the arm hair off yeah you didn't set off to write that it just came to you after you listened back to the music in that case that was just what came into my head went while i was performing so that one was an easy one because i i had a I was almost using the memory like a graphic score where, you know, I'm just kind of like riffing on off of that sensation, off of that feeling. And, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that's, that's where that came from. So that one probably I could say, you know, at least the idea occurred to me while I was playing, if not the specific title, but, uh, I, you know, the title would definitely be something in reference to that moment. Did you hear about the Mills college closing and, I did. I did. Yeah, no, I've got a lot of friends who had gone there over well, can the years. I, can I ask your opinion about institutionally in this kind of pioneering kind of uh, musical work? How, how important you think? It's interesting because I am, for, for context, I'm 100%. I didn't go to college. I, you know, was not formally trained in anything. I have no academic credential of any kind. Uh, that you know, totally self-taught and so on. Mark Twain, right? Only grade <laughs> school. Yeah, but at the at the same time, I was heavily influenced by a lot of work, both work that was you know, you know, not academic at all, and a lot of stuff that really, really was. Because you know, my first source of uh, sort of out there experimental music was the Portland Public Library, and what they had tended to be kind of wild stuff more on the composer more like avant-garde classical end of things uh so so aside from like the weird you know deep cuts on rock tracks and or or the noisier rock bands that i was interested in that was the first stuff that sort of you know academic composed stuff and that stuff definitely had a big influence and impact on me um in terms of what i think of it I mean, I've I've heard work from those contexts that was totally stultified and boring and stiff. And I've heard work from those contexts that was just euphoric and wonderful 
amazing. And, you know, I, th I think it's just uh, each individual that goes into that situation, you know, is going to come out of it, you know, with a different conclusion. And if they had it in their hearts, if that was kind of naturally what they wanted to do in the first place, then they're probably going to make something interesting, uh, you know. But if it's this sort of forced thing where they're sort of, you know, because even in, you know, all all realms of noise, avant-garde, whatever, there's 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 formulas, you know, shtick. there's formulas that people follow and, uh, forms, you know, uh, forms of shtick. Yes, for sure. And, uh, you know, sometimes people just won't be able to get out of um, out of the way of those shticks. You, you know, know what Han Bedick told me? Was that he said that Lower East Side thing in Manhattan? You know, no blue notes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want to play uh, this dusty erection mitts peacock feathers.
Peacock.
Live from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. This dusty erection meets peacock film. You know, we got wild peacocks. Some rich... No shit. You know, this like, I wouldn't shit you, Scott. About 100 years ago, this rich family from the hill, the Palos Verdes is the hill just west of us, uh, brought them from India. And now they, they walk through people's yards and stuff, and they're, uh, yeah, they're <laughs> trippy. They're the, you know, the men have the big tails and... Yeah, and their songs are like a cross between a I don't know a human screaming and a cat. I mean, it's a they're, oh yeah, they're a trip. They're but they're, they're we we do have then Veda Hill with salsa one. Now Veda Hill, she's a, in a British Columbia part of Canada, Vancouver, and she did a gig where all the songs are based on real Craigslist ads, and so this one's called Salsa Want. Yeah, she would just take the ads and make tunes out of this shit like show That's tunes. beautiful. And the, well, you know, you got to get your material from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that idea. Last uh, music for this edition. I'm an avalanche. There was a part when I was driving. You know, the Canadians they got a uh, Rockies too. In fact, they're even more intense. And there's right. signs on that road when you're going from Vancouver to Bramf, I think it is. And yeah, uh, Calgary. I'm uh, not Calgary. Alberta's the state. Calgary's the big town. So as you're heading towards there, and you you come over, there's a lot of signs. Don't honk the horn because of avalanche. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> well, lucky for us, you know, it was uh, the summer was just ending, and so the big snows wasn't coming yet. But uh, imagine the first person that discovered that the horn could trigger the avalanche. Yeah, I, yeah. How many dudes had to get buried? <laughs> what about? What about uh, collaborate? Oh man, I mean, they're they're oh, pretty much after that. In, those initial rock bands I was talking about, pretty much all of my anything I've ever done has been, you know, sort of like call it pickup groups. I have some regular collaborators, you know, people I've been working with in some cases off and on for twenty years. Uh, but it tends to be, you know, groups of two, maybe three at most. Um, usually, almost always improvised. Almost always, uh, you know free improv in some way but yeah no i've got a lot of a lot of great folks i've been but, lucky to but, work but with but you're in the same room and so you're yeah. oh, you're yeah, in yeah, real yeah. time okay so you influence each other what about the kind where you trade files do you do that kind? i do for sure not as often but i would like to i've <laughs> i've actually been sort of trying to do that through the pandemic and uh that's why you know, I, that's why i brought it up because that's one of the good things about the internet besides spreading bullshit and lies <laughs> sure no no and I, i've done a little bit of it but not uh not to the extent that i would have thought especially if i'd known this was going to go on for over a year uh, but <laughs> it's something i've done there, there's a couple artists like there's i got a friend in new zealand who i've worked done you know through the mail project with exclusively i've never met the man um i think that's you know, great though because it yeah, still is sure. a connect it still is a connect 100 percent, and i love I love recordings, you know, just as much as playing live. Like, I, I feel like I'm personally better known as a live performer, but I, I'm happy. I'm a studio rat too. You know, I love, I love staying home and uh, seeing what happens if I, if I, you know, layer this with that or try this and that and so on. And it, it's, it's just, I, you do it. You don't go to a studio. It's right in your pad, right? Oh, it's the, oh yeah. No, I think I've been a pro studio maybe once, twice, twice. I've recorded in a pro studio. Well, you know you have because you got fucking charged a buttload. <laughs> yeah, <did>. sure. <laughs> 
Look, and the, what about, and the, I, I want you to give some advice to a young person getting into, into music, please. Sure. I mean, I guess I would just say, you know, what whatever you like, embrace it. Like, don't let anybody or anything, you know, tell you that what you're listening to or what you're influenced by or moved by is uh, lesser than or wrong. Because the more of the things that you love, that you're honest about and you embrace... Uh, you know, the more you're going to have a sound that's all your own because, you know, you're taking a little bit from this and a little bit from that. And if you're only taking from influence from the pool of stuff that you're supposed to take influence from, you know, that you're going to wind up sounding like everybody else. Coming and rather, up short, coming up short. Yeah. Right. Rather than you. And, that's, uh, that's great, great stuff. Look, when you do get a new batch of stuff recorded, will you come back on the show and we can talk about it? I'd absolutely love to, Mike. It's been such a pleasure. Thank yeah, you very much. Big time, big time. You keep on keeping on, please. People, Thank it's you. been March 22, 2021 edition. Peter, so keep your powder dry.